Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Welcome into the Financial Flight Plan podcast alongside Bree Reyes. I'm Ben George. Glad to have you on the show today. We're diving into the EARN Act. I'm sure, well, I would guess, Bree, most people have probably heard about this by now. I, you'd be surprised, Ben. They, really? It really, with everything going on and are we in a recession, inflation fears, this is something that I think has flown under the radar more than most people know about. Yeah, it's interesting because it's kind of like when the SECURE Act first came out, that was supposed to be the big story that year, right? And then all of a sudden COVID hit and then it, it's been the back burner, it seems like forever, but this has been a pretty important piece of legislation. Yes, very much so. And so it just tells you that some of the most important legislation, and I think most of us know this, isn't the actually the one that's talked about the most. Right, exactly. Well, we're going to kind of go through it today. We found an article uh, that really kind of gave a scathing opinion about the Earn Act. So I'm going to get Bree's thoughts on whether or not she agrees with what a lot of what's being said in that article and uh, what you need to be paying attention to. But otherwise, Bree, how's everything else? Going very, very well. Um, life is good. We, we're in the process of potentially buying a house. Oh. And I say this because... And you'd think as a financial advisor, I would be saying, no, 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 interest rates are too high. Interest <laughs> rates are too high. But we have officially outgrown our little bungalow. It's getting just way too tight. The bigger and older Nate gets and the more room his toys take up, the more <laughs> space it's pretty apparent we need. So we're, we're out there looking and we have the way, I've, the way I'm looking at it right now is probably the way I would tell a lot of our clients to look at it. And the way I've explained it to Joaquin is, yes, while we might not like our interest rate right now, we have to remember historically, it's still a pretty good rate, A. And B, you're dating your interest rate. You're not married to it. And what do I mean by that? When when and if rates lower again, which I don't think they're going to in the next year or two, we can always refinance mm -hmm. to get a lower rate. So we're not locked into this. I mean, we are locked in for 30 years and or till we see something better. Right. So... I don't know. We we fell in love with the house. We went out of town to visit some clients in a different city. We made an offer. We lost the house. And then uh, yesterday afternoon, we got the phone call that the original offer that had been accepted had, had backed out. Uh, and okay. so they wanted our offer to be on the table before they went to the sellers and explained to them what happened. <laughs> so we're just waiting for them to sign the paperwork, I think. Wow. I'm not quite sure. I'm in a weird situation. Exciting, this has though. been a very weird week. Nate has strep. This has just been a very uh, weird week. How is Nate? Uh, is he processing the move at all? Have you talked about it with him? Not yet. Not yet. He hasn't seen this house. Uh, he, he knows nothing. Gotcha. He's seen pictures of his bedroom and he's seen pictures of the backyard because um, that is a pool, which in Texas Ooh. is uh, mandatory for me. <laughs> um, and so he liked that. But outside of that, he has no idea. Well, he seems like the type of kid that will go with the flow. So As long as there's enough room to play golf in the backyard, he's fine. <laughs> and there is. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's exciting. Well, congratulations if it all plays out. I know it's a, it's a, a big time in your life and everyone's. And I know we talk about houses on the house, on the show quite a bit. So it's, it's fun to have you go through it. Maybe we'll maybe have some lessons learned afterwards, potentially. Oh, I imagine I'm going to learn a lesson or two, because even when you're the professional, you learn stuff. And it's also... 
hard. And I say this, especially in my divorce podcast, do not get emotionally connected to an object. And what did I do? Mm-hmm. I got emotionally connected to the first house we saw and lost. Yeah. Um, and that broke my heart. So this one I'm trying to be a little more realistic with, but I still love this house. So we'll see. Well, uh, fingers wish you crossed. The, yeah. Wish you the best of luck and look forward to hearing updates as we, as we go forward, but we'll jump into the show now and talk about this earn act. Again, we're going to put this up online. Uh, we'll put the article in the show notes too, so you can find it and read it for yourself. Estesfinancial.net is the website. And again, if you have questions or want to go through this with Bree and figure out how it affects you, you can always call us this financial afterwards at 817-444-8402. But this recent article we found in The Hill, it kind of paints the Earn Act, which is, if you haven't, if you aren't familiar with it, it's Enhancing American Retirement Now. And this is the Senate's version of the House's Secure Act 2.0 bill. And it paints it in a negative light, uh, primarily as a tool to give a tax break to rich Americans in a way that ultimately adds to the national deficit, which we know is growing and growing more and more, and only circumvents the problem um, instead of solving it. So we want to kind of go through this today and, and look through it. Uh, so, Bree, I guess first off, Earn Act, um, can I give us a quick, like, what is it? Why is it important for us? Well, and I love, I love the acronym. The first <laughs> thing that people will learn about the Earn Act is it raises the age at which American taxpayers must start taking money out of their qualified accounts. So their IRA, their 401k, their TSP provided, they're retired um, from 72, which is up from 70 and a half. I still have run into so many people that still think it's 70 and a half. It's not, it's 72. But this EARN Act is raising it from 72 to 75, allowing for three extra years of tax-free growth, which is interesting. The article in The Hill calls it a bone to the rich taxpayers by allowing them to deposit an additional, oh, we also allow them to deposit an additional $10,000 a year into their retirement accounts beginning at the ages of 60 and 63. So it's, uh, and that's something most Americans can't afford to do, an extra 10 grand a year from the ages of 60 and 63. That's kind of the, the view of this article. The Hill article is kind of a hit piece really on this. Um, And the article also takes a very negative view of Roth IRAs and even includes a quote from a senior fellow, Stephen Rosenthal, at the Tax Policy Center, which if you don't know what the Tax Policy Center is, that's okay. It's a left-leaning Washington think tank. And he says, I've seen every gimmick in the book and Roth IRAs are the worst. And I have a major bone to pick with this guy, especially on that statement. Yeah. Uh, eventually, the the article finally comes around, and it talks about that there is bipartisan support for the bills and the provisions for average households, um, with the expansion of stuff like the tax savers credit and automatic workers participation in employer retirement plans. I mean, eventually, the the article kind of does come around and talk about some of the good things with the bill, but this really is a hit piece. Very, very, very much so. Well, start with that, that first one, the, the raising the age. I mean, I, I understand that, sure, if, if a lot of Americans are tapping into their retirement accounts well before 75, then it doesn't really affect them. But on the flip side, I just don't see how it's, an, like, it's negative. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt the people that are already tapping into that money, right? It doesn't do anything to, to hinder what they're trying to accomplish. 
you're correct, but you're thinking of it as the people that are already, you know, as long as they're over 59 and a half and they're accessing their IRA. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the hit piece, this, this article is upset because if you think about it, any money you take out of a qualified account, a 401k, a TSP or an IRA after 59 and a half, it is eligible for taxation. It becomes income taxed. So the left-leaning think tank's problem with that is, oh, there's less money for us to tax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And less taxes, less money for the government to run on. And I mean, that's something I saw with the Secure Act, the original Secure Act. I thought, wow, that is a giant part of the U.S.'s budget by just moving from 70 and a half to 72 that they're delaying taking. Now, the thought is, the other side of that coin is, well, when people wait to 75, they're going to have to take larger required minimum distributions and we're going to just get it back later, which I, I see that logic, but I think it's flawed. Uh, so we're supposed to run a giant deficit until everybody's 75? Yeah. Well, we're not afraid uh, so to run a deficit. We're, we're not afraid. <laughs> you know, I wish I could run my checkbook the way the U.S. government <laughs> runs their, their budget. No, I'm kidding. I couldn't. Couldn't look myself in the mirror the way know, they do right? things, um, but it's just very interesting because in most most homes, most businesses, I mean, once you have negative or zero in your bank account, the bank stops giving you money. But not if you're the U.S. government. We can make money. We just do that. So this this does hurt the U.S. government as far as income coming in from those required minimum distributions, and that's part of the reason that the the view the hit piece view on this is why they're taking it so negatively. I mean, people are going to take money out of their IRA when they can. The way I look at it is I'm trying to spin it in a positive for me and my clients is we have until 75 now when we have to start taking required minimum distributions. So this gives us a little longer to do Roth conversions. Okay. So we have more time to move money from the IRA to the Roth and, and pay taxes at, at known tax rates versus paying taxes when you're 75. And we don't know what that bracket's going to be. So I'm trying to trying to see the positives and work within the bill. Um, but I can, you know, I can see both sides of this one. I just think this piece is, this article is very, very anti when I think there are some pros in here. I love the fact that if you have additional money, you can add between the ages of 60 and 63 years old, you can contribute if you wanted to, to an account, to their retirement account. Um, yes, I know that's not something most Americans can afford to do. Uh, and do I think that their retirement account is maybe the best place to go? Well, it depends. It depends on the person. It depends on the retirement account. It depends on your situation. Mm-hmm. But giving people more um, more ways to put money away is never a bad thing, in my opinion. Yeah, to me, it seems and like it's more control for the for the for the individual, right? Which seems exactly, like exactly. And just because they don't have ten thousand dollars lying around, maybe they have four or seven mm-hmm. or two. Anything. The it, it, anything is better than nothing. And that's really where I find I find this piece to be kind of insulting. Is they're like, well. You know, setting aside an extra $10,000 a year is something most Americans can't afford to do. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. I get that. But could they do some? Would they do some? Who is actually going to take advantage of this? No one's forcing anyone to do this. Uh And then the Roth IRA comment. Ugh. 
Yeah. So explain his explain his stance here because. You know, I, I know we've talked about it. You know, every other people I've talked to about Roth IRAs feel like it's such a great tool and such a benefit for people. So why why is he taking this stance and even called it you know, the biggest gimmick in the book? Well, his issue, his issue, is allowing the fact that this bill, the Earn Act, allows people to participants to opt for IRAs instead of traditional Roth IRAs instead of traditional IRAs. So it allows retirement plan participants to opt for Roths rather than traditional. And when you put money in a Roth, taxes are taken out when you put the money into them as opposed to when you take the money out. So taxes are put in or taken out when the account is usually at its lowest. I mean, if you give it time and it's invested well in a well-diversified portfolio, hopefully by the time you start taking money out, the account is bigger. So it brings in revenue but it means the tax cuts, it means the government gets less money in the overall scheme of things. And uh, this gentleman doesn't like that. He wants, he wants the tax cuts being paid for by money coming out of traditional IRAs. He does not like the fact that the American taxpayer can pay taxes at a lower interest rate now and take advantage of no taxation in the future. He calls it an egregious use of budget scorekeeping rules. And so and he, he ref- and then, he, then he makes digs at both um, political parties. And he's concerned about the fact that we have these tax cuts that aren't going to get paid for by money taken out of traditional IRAs. And he just seems like a grumpy man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm coming at with this. Like, I... I I get that you, you know, he wants all of us to pay more in taxes, but I don't think that makes us a better American because we don't plan properly. Right. I yeah. love Roth IRAs and I will I will fight someone tooth and nail on the benefits and the merits of a Roth. I love Roth 401ks. I would rather work especially with money where we don't know what the market's going to do next. We have some idea. We have no but no one holds a crystal ball. And if they tell you they know exactly where the market's going, run from them. But if I do know the tax rates and I do know our deficit and I do know inflation is a problem, I do know they're eventually going to have to raise taxes in my lifetime. That's pretty much a given. So why wouldn't I want to pay taxes at a rate I know now and can work with versus an unknown rate in the future and just give away more of my money to the U.S. government? Yeah. And if I want to make another argument um, against what he says, because I, I, you, you pointed out that there's going to be more money. If you're saving for three extra years, potentially, you're going to have more that's coming out. So there'll be more tax. The tax rate might even be higher at that point, too. So you might eventually be having a higher uh, distribution plus a higher tax rate. It might end up actually benefiting the government more over the long term if people actually go the full term. Well, and I think that's what this guy wants. I think that's the reason this guy hates this bill. It isn't it's only good for wealthy Americans. I think if you read between the lines, it's not good enough for the government. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, it's in the hill. So maybe that's their view. (laughs) Potentially, potentially. My view is my client's best interest. So (laughs) it just seems like there's other places to pull money than uh, individuals trying to save more. Right. It just feels like a bad place. No, I mean this. And you know what? Heck, it's nice that there is some bipartisan support for this because Lord knows there isn't a lot of bipartisan support for anything in this country. I mean, 
Chairman Powell has already said, we think inflation is going to be above our long run goal of two to three percent for a while. And they they think it's going to increase in the future. So I think we've got a long term deficit expanding measures taking place and congressional retirement packages, meaning what we're paying for our sitting members of Congress are going to be more of a taxpayer burden in a few years. Mm-hmm. Because that's the other thing we we work with so many federal employees as clients, and I have to remind them that the U.S. Ta- sometimes I do remind them that the U.S. taxpayer is their boss. Like they hate paying tax money in taxes too because they see the waste in their office. It's it's kind of an interesting thought process there. So all in all, Wall Street's for it. Wall Street always likes to help people save. Uh, the Bankers Association is for it. A lot of people, there's a lot of support. And the fact that we can't even agree on, you know, getting rid of daylight savings time when we can get support on something. In the meantime, in the long term, though, I do worry about how this is going to affect the federal government's budget. But maybe we should actually look at it. I don't know. Yeah. Figure out what we're spending on and how much pork is in things. Seems like an obvious place to start, but for some reason, it's never looked at. I don't know. But I'm not I, you know, I'm all for letting people and it, well, even a thousand dollars a year is more. So hmm. for people like I just I want to I want people to have as many options as they can have getting ready for their retirement. Right. Well, something we'll keep an eye on um, again. Just if you haven't read about it, we'll put this article in the show notes. You can go through it yourself and hear their side of it. But if you have questions for Bree again, 817-444-8402 is the number if you want to actually dive into this a little bit deeper with her. But also you're offering up an Earnac special report, right, that you put together. Yes, I did. We came, we were, I've been watching this for a while because that's part of my job. And so we have developed an Earnac special report. And if you email us at info, I-N-F-O, at Estes Financial, E-S-T-E-S-F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L dot net, N-E-T. We will get it emailed over to you or just give us a call at the office, 817-444-8402. Once again, 817-444-8402. Very good. All right, let's time now to jump into our getting to know you section of our podcast. Bree, your question for this week, what language do you wish you could speak? I wish I could speak better Spanish. I married in, with a last name like Reyes. I'm married into a very Mexican and Portuguese Spaniard family. Mm-hmm. And my Spanish is terrible. Although my husband says it's better if I've had like two margaritas. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I just felt, I wish I, I wish I felt more comfortable in my grasp of the Spanish language. It's beautiful and wonderful. And we're trying to teach it to Nate, but I just feel like I have no grasp of it. I took, I took a bunch of years in high school and didn't pay enough attention. And I wish I had paid more attention along the way. I, I know a few things, but not much. Well, I'm, I've got a Duolingo app and I try that every once in a while, but then I get busy and I forget about it. Yeah. Life gets in the way, huh? <laughs> exactly. 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 That's something I got to focus on. Very good. All right. Let's take one question here too, before we get out of the show today. It came in from June. I know you work with federal employees a lot, so this is a good question. Uh, she said, I'm a federal employee. I'll have a nice pension when I retire next year, but I'm wondering about the money in my TSP. Should I keep it invested there or should I move it somewhere else? Ooh, 
June, that's a really good question. Um, it depends. See, the TSP has this really, really cool provision that allows you to access if you if you meet some qualifications. And there's different qualifications for if you're a law enforcement firefighter, air traffic controller, then you are it, then they're for general federal employee. But the biggest thing is you might be able to access the TSP. You know, as I said, the word might might be able to access your TSP prior to 59 and a half without paying a 10% penalty. So it might be important to have some money, not all of it, in your TSP. I always am hesitant to allow anyone to roll all their money out of the TSP, especially if I don't know if you're even eligible for it based off of your age. So I would look into those provisions. Like there's a lot of really fun and cool things that you can do with the TSP. It is a great accumulation vehicle. And I know that the new website has caused some headaches. I hear you. I heard it. I wish I could say I didn't warn you guys, but I think we did a podcast about it. And yes, those headaches are still ongoing, but it's a, it was a great accumulation vehicle. I'm not real sure about the new 5,000 funds supposedly that are available and and that I think the fees are going to eat that up. But when it comes to distribution, it's it has historically not been the best distribution vehicle. But at the same time, there are some major, major benefits. So it kind of depends. I would talk with a financial advisor that is a chartered federal employee benefit consultant, uh, someone who knows federal employee, employee benefits and are tested on them and understands the TSP inside and out. Because the average financial advisor is going to tell you, pull your money out of your TSP and invest it in an IRA. And now we are we have possible penalties and all kinds. Just do your research and talk to somebody who knows exactly what your benefits are because they're very complex and they're very different than the average American. Yeah, it was a couple episodes ago, episode 112, uh, everything you need to know about the latest TSP changes. So you can go back and check that one out if you haven't listened to that June or any of federal employees listening to the show. If you want to learn more about uh, the TSP changes and, and how it might affect you, that episode is all about it. So check it out again, episode 112. All right. Thanks for the question, June. If you have questions for us, send them in, estesfinancial.net. You can also log on there to get that EARNAC special report. Uh, if you really have questions, again, you can always reach out to Bree for more and you can do so over the phone as well at 817-444-8402 well good good article breakdown great to hear your opinion always good to hear a couple of different sides to uh these this legislation but i know it's an important one that we'll continue to track uh it will it very much will be and those of you listening go out and lead an abundant life